0: It's Life on Life's Terms. Okay, the Life on Life's Terms podcast. I'm Tom Robinson, and like I always say, we're not affiliated with any 12-step program. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to our uh, intro music, um, which is on the audio only, audio podcast only. That's uh, Last Stand, The Ballad of Quas- Quasimodo. And who's the outro music again?
1: Uh, it's uh, Right Hook. Right Hook, that's right. Right little Hook. Right Hook, uh, Vinny Paz. A little, uh, <laughs> Some uh, solids in the hip hop game. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's see.
0: So, so what. Hi, Eric. Coming to you from a New Way Recovery better. Center.
2: Yeah.
0: In Quincy, uh, Mass. I'm Chris Mandeville. Um,
1: yes, and like Tom said, we're at a New Way Recovery Center in Quincy. Uh, and tonight we have
0: Andrew, who I've asked to share with us. Yeah, he stepped up last minute. Props, big props. Yep. Excellent stuff. Um, everybody, you know... Anybody wants to come on the podcast? Let us know. Yeah, message us. Um, whatever. You know, uh, somebody was talking about any ladies. And we, we just had some ladies, but podcast audio version hasn't come out yet. Plus, they were talking about POC, which I didn't know what the hell that was until I figured it out. Light dawned on me, and I'm like, "Yeah, let's do it." Anybody? Anybody What's wants POC? to come on? People of color.
2: Gotcha.
1: Nope. Yeah. Anybody that wants to come on. Anyone. Yeah, come on. Um, we want treatment professionals. We want... That's right. Um, yep. Al-Anon. Yeah, Al-Anon. People that may have lost somebody. Adult children. Yeah. Uh, we want we want to cover all aspects. Yeah. You know, so that whoever sees this or watches this can get the help they need, hopefully. Yeah, get the, the most out
0: of it. Yep. But... Uh, all right, so what the guest usually uh, tells their story or whatever, and we, you know, go oh. back and forth and talk about this and that. There
2: you go, all choose, right. uh, I got my <coughs>
1: coffee. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you can uh, let it rip. Stage, all right. chip.
2: Sounds good. Potato chip. Um, bro potato chip. Yeah. Name's Andrew. Um, I am 22 years old. I grew up in Attleboro, Massachusetts, and... Uh, See, so I grew up with um, a nice family. I had my mom, I had my dad, a dog, little sister. It was like the uh, the dream, you know, the American dream. The leave, nice, leave it to be. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, the nice house and uh, you know everything that you would want or need to say. And uh, my father was an alcoholic and. Uh, he had back surgery and was out of work too long, and and they uh, they took his job from him. So he was home all day, seven days a week, and you know discovered that uh, he wasn't done with the booze yet, and started drinking again. And
1: oh, now was yeah. this after pain medication? Yeah.
2: So
0: oh yeah, see, he went on the
2: pain medication after the surgery. Yeah. See, I think that's why
0: uh, you know I never wanted to go like do the marijuana maintenance program or anything like that. You know what I mean? Because I was like anything that's going to get me out of my mind could possibly lead me back down that road to my drug of choice and you know that means death to me yeah i mean my died a bunch hats off to the people i know that have been able to do it yeah Yeah. seriously very few if they're happy you know very
1: few but yeah most most of the people i know are of the hopeless variety and end up back where they started yeah Yeah. so
2: yeah all right um so started with pain medication and and uh the booze kicked in and That's when, you know, I'm young. I was was like in fourth, fourth grade, third, fourth grade. And, uh, you know, like I didn't know really what was going on because I was too young. I only remember um, getting picked up from the bus stop and my dad's passed out drunk in the driver's seat and all the other kids' parents are out like, hey, how was your school? And, you know, how was the day? And what would you guys do today? And my dad's, you know, slumped over in the driver's seat and um, calling friends to come and friend's parents to come and drive me home or driving home myself and pushing my dad over and it's
0: a rough spot
2: yeah yeah, kicking beer cans like 20 30 beer cans so i can step in into the passenger seat fourth grade i had no idea what was going on
0: did he make it back in to the Um, no no
2: my father is actually um incarcerated at the moment um he had off and on and you know, like, uh, you do it for your kids, you do it for this, you do it for that. My father never figured out that you have to do it for yourself. And um, I'm blessed to say that, you know, I was able to figure out that little key, you know what I mean? And yeah. uh, so right now, he um, he was on the wagon for, I want to say, a couple months and then got back into a relationship with a girl who was toxic. That was another thing when I was first grown in recovery. Uh, no early relationships because you know it's just as powerful as a drug. Oh yeah. And uh, you want to
1: see how sober you are? Get in a relationship.
2: Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just get it out of the way. Yeah.
1: You want to? You want to take someone's inventory? Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: Get in a relationship. <laughs>
0: yep. Well, so
1: toughest um, thing I've found in recovery. Oh, uh, for sure. For sure. Oh yeah, it's it's a it's a giant challenge. Yep. Yeah. Emotional entanglement. Right. Yeah. That was that yeah. was the old uh QMN beginner's meeting question. How do you stay away from emotional entanglement?
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's an interesting term, huh? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So he ended up uh getting into that relationship and, and it turned very toxic and uh he got accused of some some pretty bad stuff and uh I mean, if he's if he uh, continues down, I shouldn't say if he continues down because he's already behind bars and uh, looking at some serious time. But let's say he was to get out and uh, start living this life, like he would have the gifts of sobriety, is, is is what everybody told me. Like he'd have his kids back, he'd have his family back, he'd he'd get those things back. Mm. Um, but I mean, it's all on him, and and that's really where it lies. But When that happened, when I was a kid, my mom um, sold the house, and we had this huge yard sale, and we sold everything in the house, and uh, I remember holding a sign at the end of the street, like, yard sale, yard sale, and uh, I was on my rollerblades, and I I rollerbladed back up the street, and there was like six cop cruisers in front of my house, and I was like, what the heck is going on? and uh <laughs> they're looking yeah. for you stuff like, yeah what's going on You know <laughs> what I mean? like, yeah right yard sale i'll pull over selling and, uh, blue clothes over there yeah, yeah. right my mother's <laughs> bawling her eyes out and i'm like what is going on so my mother was robbed at gunpoint wow. a yard sale or something like that wow. yeah she uh her wedding rings were stolen and and something like that and uh
0: Holy cow, Attleboro's a
2: tough place. I mean, like, I was a kid when all of this stuff was happening, and, and who knows if, if uh, I'm remembering it correctly, but I just remember, like, these these bits and pieces of, like, my younger life. And I remember moving into uh, – we moved to Norwood, Mass, in with my nana. Um, and me, my mom, and sister lived in a um, in a one-bedroom apartment – with my Nana, we slept in one room. Um, I slept on the pull-out couch. And my mom and sister shared the bed. And and uh, we lived like that for about nine months. You know, I had to go to a new school. Uh, my sister was still very young at this point, so she really had no idea what was going on. But I was starting to grab onto things and, and kind of understand what was going on. And, you know, I go to this new school and I meet all these new kids and, you know, I don't feel right. And that was like... The first time in my life where I really started to look at myself and say, um, "Like I, I don't feel comfortable."
0: Awkward, you feel awkward. Yeah, like yeah, I didn't
2: yeah. feel comfortable in my own skin. It wasn't just the new kids. It wasn't the new school. It wasn't the new teachers. It How was old was this though? Fifth grade. So I, um, I was probably about ten.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and uh, that was my first exposure to drug use. It wasn't me doing it. Um. But I was coming home from school one day, and there was uh, two heroin addicts up on the top. There was this big hill, and they used to sleep up top. And uh, that was the first time I ever saw a needle in my life. And, you know, here I am. I'm, like, running down down the hill to my, my apartment and telling my Nana, like, these, these people up there, they're sticking themselves with these needles. And she's like, don't go near them. And, you know, because she, she knew I was still young. Yeah, and, uh, yeah man. You know, that, that was my first exposure to... uh somebody who was struggling with the battle of addiction
0: makes me wonder if i was ever somebody's first exposure you know what i mean yeah i know i was i remember being in brockton uh, uh, that park there they call it needle park Mm. and uh we were you know just over by the fence hitting and uh cops cops pull up took that set of works because they were illegal jumped it into the ground (laughs) All the way down into the ground. Yeah. It's like, psh, psh, yep. I got nothing. I should go hey, charge me for what's in my body. Yep. Like, yep. What a shame. What a shameful thing. Yeah. There's no way to live, man.
2: No, it is definitely not. <clears throat> those people
0: very possibly are dead. Those people. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. You so. know what? Actually, I'm going to tell you something. Um, I'll tell you a little little hope shot for everybody out there listening right now. And I finally got into recovery, and I, uh, I went to a meeting in Norwood, Mass., and uh I ended up running in so the girl it was a it was a couple it was a boy and a girl, and the girl ended up dying of an overdose, but the guy actually got it and I ran into him almost nine years later. I want to say I was nineteen, so it was about my second and a half third year in recovery um and I remember hearing his name, and I always remembered his name um and I remember hearing his name in a meeting, and he came up and he got his like I like think it was this 90-day chip or something like that. And, you know, I never approached the guy. I never said anything to him. But, like, I remember looking at him like, you were that guy that I saw when I was 10 years old laying and sleeping on top of that hill putting needles in his arm. Really? And, yeah. And so we got no up there and shit. he, you know, a couple weeks later, he ended up speaking and, um, wow, like, he told his story. And I wasn't obviously in his story, but, like, I remember him. And he's like, yeah, so I lived on... Um, God, New Word's Garden. Is that the name? No, so there's an apartment complex in Noahwood. Um it'll come to me in a minute. But and he lived on top of that hill for like I I don't know, the whole summer, like into the September, and then he, he went and got treatment and he bounced back and forth and did the halfway house jumps and
1: Yeah, I mean this is what, nine years later? Yeah, it was and like he's a, getting a ninety day chip. Yeah. Yeah. Well you know, you know that's crazy. You
2: no. Know. But um so bring it back to my story real quick um we moved to norwood and you know i did about nine months lived there and uh i was on this adhd medicine where like i wouldn't eat i'm like i'm a skinny guy i've always been a skinny guy but um like i would go days without eating on this medication and and my mom would give me like two dollars every day for lunch money i remember saving that lunch money um and, like, this is where, you know, like, looking back on it, like, sick thinking. Like, even if I was hungry, I was putting that $2 away to save it so I could buy an Xbox or a PS1 or a PS2. You know, like, yeah. uh, like that's sick thinking. Like, no, I'm going to starve myself because I want what I want when I want it. And, I'll just uh, go home and eat something. Yeah. You know oh, what I yeah. mean? It's like, so
0: sacrificing for what you want. Yeah. yeah.
2: Go all day, you know, to not eat and... uh but, uh, so we moved back to Attleboro. my mom, uh, got back on our feet and we moved into the projects in Attleboro. Um, and like right off the jump, I got in with the, the bad kids who hung out in this complex and, uh, that's where my story started. 11 years old, it was the first time I ever smoked weed, um, drinking and, uh, running amuck with these kids. And they were, you know, involved in, in gang banging and, and the whole nine yards. And, uh, you know, I looked at these guys, like they were much older than me, as like idols. And, and I like looked up to them and um, like, whatever you're going to do, I'm going to do. Whatever you need me to do, I'm going to do. Um, I was afraid to say no to these guys.
1: Yeah, you just wanted to be – you wanted to, to fit, fit in. in. You yeah. wanted, you know, to – create some identity for yourself yep it's wild isn't it
2: how
0: impressionable you are at that age yeah Yeah.
2: so um let's see 12 years old was when it started getting a little bit serious I started cutting class and uh you know I was like the most badass 8th grader out there like doing (laughs) drugs and and, you Uh, know skipping school and
1: badass as an 8th grader could get that was me (laughs)
2: that was me and uh they uh you know these kids i grew up with like uh you know they're sports and you know smart and they're not getting into anything that i'm getting into and these are the kids that i grew up with when i was young when my dad was still around and uh you know they're looking at me and they're like my best friends like a couple of them i'd you know i'd ask them to be in my wedding like you know um but they looked at me and they're like no like i'm not gonna surround myself with this and uh so here I go again, I'm having to make all new friends in the town that I grew up with. And uh, I still find myself with that feeling of, like, not fitting in and feeling, um, in a sense, like, neglected. And and uh, so, you know, now I'm going to do anything that, that these kids that I'm hanging out with, because I want to be their friends. I'll do anything they ask me to do. And
1: uh, Yeah. What do you like? That's what I'll do. Yeah. You know? Yep, exactly. We all, we've oh, all done that. You sniff <laughs>
2: per 30s, I'll sniff them too. And... uh you know, 13 comes around and, and uh, tell you the story that first time I tried my painkiller, first painkiller was in the back of a Mustang. And, uh, you know, this older guy, gentleman, like, you know, 26 years old, and I'm hanging out with him at 13. And, uh, you know, he sniffs a PERC 30. And I'm like, what is that? And he's like, it's, you know, one of the greatest things on this planet. And I said, well, give me some then. Oh,
0: my word. You yeah. got
2: you right? got 30 bucks? Yeah, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> 35, 40. Yeah. And uh, <sighs> so I I, uh, I did my first one, and, and I remember, you know, on the side of the road, like on a main highway, on my hands and knees, throwing puking. up profusely. Oh, my puking,
0: God. yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember puking being a great time. Yeah, so yeah. I
2: hopped back in this Mustang, and uh, I'm like, you got more, right? Like, I want more of that because... The feeling that it gave me was um, that neglect went away. That discomfort in my own skin went away. That, like, I'm powerful at 13 years old and I can do and be anything that I want was inside of me now after I ingested that per 30 And uh, that was it. I was off and running from there. I was in and out of detox and DYS and house arrest and... You know, my mother is like, "I don't even recognize this kid. who is this kid that is living in my home, yeah, and uh you know she did her best, she tried to kick me out, and you know then, um, I'd come back and and I'd play on that you know heart heart strings, and like um,
0: well, you' are so young, yeah, yeah you this know is and crazy,
2: and my mom did everything and anything to help me, um. That was like, she just never gave up. Like as many times as I wanted to give up later in the life, um, she'd grab me and like, "No, this is not happening. Um, like you're gonna push through this, and you're gonna get through this, and you're gonna live a better life." And
1: yeah, with with all the stuff that she was going through.
2: Oh yeah, you know, you know, all like, well,
1: like, what you
0: were putting her through. That's like you know, a that's like a raging nightmare in her you know. life. Like yeah, you. I mean. To me, you know, to see my son going through something like that, I have a thirteen-year-old, and if he was ever doing that, I would give up everything I have—my house, my job, my car, everything I have. You know what I mean? To right, to save him from that, and there's nothing you can do because, I mean, I don't know what you can do. Uh, that's a good question. As a as a person, I mean, the the anon tells you to stay, you know, step away. But I mean, some that not young. That. That's hard. You hard, know, God. Like, uh... I look Especially at I look at a thirteen year old today engaged. and think of the stuff that I was doing
1: at that age. Yeah. Oh my god. Like. Yeah. Insane. Oh yeah. Oh insane. my God.
2: Ridiculous. <laughs> I got a sixteen year old sister and uh I put her through hell. I tell you, I put her through hell. And and see, this is what uh the selfish thinking, right, uh when I was getting high and, and using, um I would say no all of this stuff is happening to me it's me it's me it's me but meanwhile my mom just went through everything that i went through if mm-hmm. not worse because she was married to the guy that put us through it my sister just went through everything whether she can r- remember it or not but she did too she's learning to be get all new friends she's having to grow up in a new you know town and and here i am you know being selfish and no it's me it's me it's me um and now in recovery, I can look back and and be like, wow, you know what I mean? Like, I had to do some serious work on myself in order to be able to say, no, it's not only me. What do you need? You know what I mean? And and give back and help the next, help the person right next to you, or do the next right thing. And
0: yeah, I mean, it's it's that's a hard lesson, and and you know, you're very blessed that you got it so young because uh, that that selfish behavior of the addict will carry that will keep that lesson out away from you for for years and years i mean i had to i i didn't get sober till i was 34 and you know a lot of my Mm -hmm. um ways of thinking were you know uh 13 you know what i mean because of the the fact that i was dulling my brain and dulling my emotional growth since then, you know, and yep. I didn't really start hard doing hard drugs until I was 24. But before that, I was a party animal, absolutely was. I was always had a bag of weed, I was always, I always had, uh, was on the way to get some beer or was drinking yeah. beer, or you know, or,
1: or I, I was always, and... I always
0: had the stuff that people wanted.
1: Oh, yeah. so that people acid, would hang yeah. out with me, yep. you know.
2: Yep. Oh, yeah, you're doing, you're doing perk 30s. I have 10 of them. Would you yeah. like to hang yep. out for the next oh, one? Oh, you
1: like acid? I'm getting oh, a yeah. sheet. Yep. Yeah, like what do yeah. you need? Yep. You know,
2: yep, so um let's see i started uh it was thirteen was my first detox uh my mom put me in there for park thirties, and um I got out and I wanted to do the right thing, and uh you know i stayed I stayed good for a little while um and then I started smoking weed and trying to do the marijuana maintenance again, and and then drinking, and then you know, like six months later, I'm, I'm back sniffing perk thirties again, and uh, you know, I'm at am I'm, I'm 14 now, and and, and uh,
1: that's there. That's there like, in itself is yeah is crazy. He's a detox, like, and I don't I don't think that there there was many back then. No, you know two. that that was something Still that was two. new. Still two in the yeah. state, castle. Oh, oh, oh. Detox for people. For his, kids who are 13. Young kids. His age, yeah. Oh, especially,
2: yeah. Especially kicking an opiate um, at 13 years old. Like, you walk in there, and, and most of the time, they're going to think that you're lying. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you wake up the next morning with all the symptoms, and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, this kid's really 13, sniffing perk 30s. Like, w- what is going on right now? And, uh, yeah. Yes, but there is only two detoxes Ugh. in the state. Actually, one detox in the state that will take 13-year-old um, kids who are struggling with addiction. Oh Castle gosh. has castles transitioned um, to the, the more older kids, 16 yeah, to 16, 20. Yeah, 16. Um, yeah. I work at, you know, uh, that we'll get into that, but... Um, Mirror is the only the only cast or the only detox taking thirteen to eighteen year olds now.
1: Yeah, like what does someone do when they you know if they realize that kids, yeah, like hooked on opiates at that age. Yeah, I mean, you, what know, can like, you do? Ma- like, oh, imagine uh, that. That is that's, crazy. That's yeah. insane. I can't but, imagine that. But just it's it's getting younger. Kids are getting younger and younger and younger. Now,
2: most of the speaking that I do now, you guys is at a middle school. Like I speak at middle schools. Which, In front of I middle think, school which I think kids. is good. Oh, yeah. I think it's amazing. I'd much rather speak to middle schoolers um, rather than like seniors and and you know juniors of high school. Don't get me wrong. I'll speak to anybody and I'll tell my story and, and I'll try and help anybody. But getting it before it starts, yeah. kind of giving them like a scary reality check um, and bursting that bubble hopefully will make them realize like, okay – I need to do this this and this yeah. in order to not... but also
1: letting them know you know what could happen. Oh yeah. You know, they just think that what they're doing is innocent or silly or mm-hmm. you know, like
2: smoking a black and mild behind the school one yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. No.
1: Yep. You know, it, it can start as simple as that. Yep. You know.
0: Yeah, well, you you latch on to that those things that you can do to to form some sort of uh some sort of uh, identity for yourself. Like, I remember at one point when I was in the eighth grade, it was like, you know, I'm just, I thought to myself, you know, I'm just too nice. I'm too nice of a guy, you know. I can't be looked at as too nice. I got to start swearing more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs)
1: Like, I remember from, I think it was from sophomore year, the summer from sophomore year to junior year, like, I had this massive growth spurt. Yeah. Like, Kids that I went to school with like walked right by me. I let my hair grow all summer. Oh yeah. Like. Oh really? Yeah. Came back, total headbanger. Oh yeah. You know, and it was, it, it was just yeah strange. You See, know? I, went, like, I, I went. I went
2: from that white kid growing up in a suburb neighborhood to, um, to like growing up in the projects with my jeans down to my ankles and uh, yeah wearing these double XL tees and um, I'm like. One hundred and forty pounds soaking wet. So imagine me in a double X white tee. Um, yeah, and
1: then you were probably like oh, ninety
2: nine. Yeah, pounds. I was probably like a hundred <laughs> pounds soaking yeah. wet. Yeah. I I mean, second time I checked myself in a detox, it it I was like, uh, I'll say eighty nine pounds soaking wet, something like that. Yeah. And I looked it wow. up when I first started working, where I work, and uh, yeah, it was like eighty nine to like ninety one pounds, something around that. 90, at 14 so years old. Like, you guys could have went like this and broke me. You know, no,
1: bone rack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think when I mean I was twenty nine, but I checked in at one hundred and twenty pounds. Yeah, that's,
2: that's crazy small too. For a guy that's like crazy. you. But that's
1: the thing. Like, my whole life, I I was like one forty, 140, one forty five. Yeah. Oh, really? I could never get above
2: that. Nah, me neither. See, I never. I, still I thought
0: I thought I was wicked skinny, and you know? I I was like. 165 was my lowest at the, yeah. my worst, worst weight. Really? Yeah. Buck 20. Yeah. That's really, that's really oh, skinny yeah. for and you. Re- and
1: I remember craziness. people saying like, you know, not wanting to eat their state trays and be like, dude, here, eat this.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> three or four uh, trays in stacked, jail. you yeah, know? Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I had yeah.
1: nothing. I had no canteen. No one's oh, helped yeah, me no. out. Yeah. And right. the dude was from Chelsea. He's like, watch, this kid's going to roll out of here like 200 pounds. Yeah. I was about there. yeah. Yeah, Lifting lifting
2: water bags. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. (laughs) Water bags. Yep. Water bags, push-ups, pull-ups. Yeah. 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 Um, Let's see. So, 14, I started... um, 14 was the first time I ever tried heroin. Um, And I bounced back (sighs) and forth. I bounced back and forth between the 30s and the heroin. And, like, I still... Loved the taste of a Perk Thirty, and that's what like kept drawing me back until my habit got out of control. And uh heroin yeah, was the only thing I could afford. Basic economics. Yeah, you know, I yeah, say you it know? it's time. like okay, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy one Perk Thirty for forty dollars. I'm gonna buy one bag of heroin for forty dollars. Yeah, a, and, a gram. Yeah, I can get
1: a gram for forty. Yeah, you know.
2: So I started sniffing heroin, and I sniffed <clears> it for quite a while, and uh bouncing in and out of detox. And at this time, I'm, I'm involved in the law, and. And, uh, you know, I got charged with some, a couple pretty serious things. And, uh, and I did some, some DYS time and I got out and, and was put on house arrest for a while. And, you know, I started getting high again and, um, you know, I thought that after doing like a year in DYS and another six months of house arrest and, uh, like I was done, but, uh, about three months into my house arrest, I'm, and that was the first time, actually, uh, that I broke 130. It was after I got out of DYS. I came out like almost 160, um, and like nobody recognized me. And I lost that weight within. Oh yeah, I oh, bet. My God, it was a month or <laughs> yeah. maybe two. You know, um, I was back down to my normal weight, even skinnier probably. And uh,
0: <clears throat> I was told, I was taught uh, in one in one program that's called a dumping syndrome. Where your body just dumps all the nutrients out of out in the waste, just dumps it. No, yeah. it's wow. like nothing you can do. I remember one time I was drinking, you know, meal drinks like five, six, seven a day, plus eating as much food as I could do, just so I could so I could hi- try to hide. Yeah, when I when I had relapsed, you yeah. know what I mean, and I didn't want anybody to know. And I'm, oh, yeah. just oh yeah. yeah, I was running around thinking I looked good. Oh my
2: god! Yeah, (laughs) like
1: large, large sweatpants falling off. I wish Uh, I could fit in a large right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: So um, I started. I got the bracelet off, and um, everything was pretty much cleared up. So now it's my my you know time to start running again. And um, I checked myself into detox. I think I got sectioned my third time and um so you did you me. did the 90 days on house arrest and then did the what, 90 just... days and then i i took off after yeah. that and uh so i uh my mom sectioned me i oh, maybe a couple weeks after and uh i go into detox and you know my habit wasn't screaming yet and um i'm like no no i'm good i'm good Telling them, yeah, 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 I'll go to further treatment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the last minute, I back out. I'm like, no, I'm not going to further treatment. You guys can't force me. So my mom takes me home. And uh, I made a promise to a counselor at the castle um, that if I came back again, that I would go to further treatment. And I was back within six days of leaving the third time. (laughs) And I I walked in that door. Once mom (laughs) found out about the section, it was over. So I walk in those doors and – Uh, so the last time I left I discovered needles and so I walked into that door and my arms were all beat up because I just found this new love. Yeah, and and you have no idea what you're doing. Oh yeah, I'm sticking everything and I'm missing everything and um, it gets gross. Yeah, I walked in and (laughs) and the counselor that I made that promise to was standing right at that door and she said, so we're doing this this time and I said, yeah, I'm I'm jammed out and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah and uh, she's doing my intake paperwork and I pull out a cigarette and I'm off my rocker, right? Like, what am I doing? Pulling out a cigarette and detox at 15 years old? Yeah, first <laughs> just of all, light it up. Not <laughs> even yeah. legal to have. Yeah, I'm not even, you know. So, um, <laughs> I did my, uh, I did my. Actually, I stayed a long time in that detox, waiting for the Cushing House, and um, I'll bring it back a little, so they wouldn't take me at the Cushing House, um, and I did a month at cab danvers um and then i you know i came home and i started up again i went back to detox i what's went that? home what's
0: that place like cab
2: danvers is a 90-day program um inpatient. simple yeah it's not even called cab anymore they took it down and and they made um another treatment facility it's called goodwin now um but it's just a 90-day treatment program inpatient. patient
1: um, like a TSS or holding kind
2: of, yeah. Like nothing too serious. Like they bring you out to a meeting once or twice a week and no real recovery, just you know, staff members who are doing it for the job, you know, they not just, really they to have help. like and,
0: groups. It's more like group therapy,
2: yeah, yeah. So, um, I went back into detox that fourth time. And after I promised to go to, to a further treatment program, and I stayed at Castle for. 91 days and they finally took me into the Cushing house so I went to the cushion house and um, that program taught me a lot about recovery and uh, I stayed at that program for three and a half months and I'd say two out of those three and a half months I was I was getting high and um, one in night, the program yeah one night um, me and a kid, we left, we signed out to go to a meeting. We never went. We went out to cop and um we ended up getting robbed and a bunch of craziness. So we missed curfew. Curfew was at ten thirty and we ended up showing up at like twelve thirty at night and uh they were sitting there with two quick cups and I said, You can save the quick cup, like I'm gonna fail. Um so I said, Okay, pack your stuff, you're getting out in the morning. So next morning hit, I left hit the bricks. Yeah, yeah. right? Get out of here the, and uh so I, uh, I left the next morning Me and this kid went on a little run And I uh, ended up calling my mom and saying I wanted to go back to treatment um, And my friend Melvin said that he was Also going to go back to treatment So I checked myself back in I was at the hospital actually And um, I'm running back and forth Between the bathroom getting high And I end up catching a nod In the middle of the emergency room And, and uh, they searched me They brought me into the room And told me to strip down And I'll tell you a funny story. I, uh, they shut the door and they said, put the gurney on and lay everything out. So I said, all right, all right. And uh, I tried to tape my drugs in between my ass crack. And uh, there was a camera <laughs> was a camera in the room. And my mother opens the door and she starts yelling at me, like, just give it to them, you know? And uh, oh, so they man. kicked us out of the emergency room that, that night. That
0: ain't no way
2: to live. No. no. Wasn't um, nice. So this is my God moment. John, um, turn your mic. Yeah. Um, oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> there <you> go. <laughs> my God moment was uh, they kicked us out of that emergency room. And the second I walked out of that emergency room, my mom got a phone call from the castle saying, just bring him here. The insurance hasn't gone through. Just get him here. Just bring him here and we'll figure something out. Um, yeah, because,
1: I mean, how many times nice. have they had seen you? very very, four, very cool and and you're that, walking yeah. in there like yo what's yeah, up Maxie? Right. bye bye and yeah thinking you're cool and yeah, that's no, not, not cool yeah, like when you go to a treatment center and they know you by first name yeah, and no. like oh how's your mom and they say her name and you're like yeah, you know she's good at first yeah. you think you're you're cool oh, but yeah, then like you get a taste shit. of of sobriety and you're like wow is that uh, yeah. like no i don't want that no more nope.
0: right. Well, yeah, that's not that's not how you want to live. But, no. But I mean it's a, it's a it's a road. It's, it's it's people have to go what they go through. Yep. yep. If you get it, it's it's a blessing, you know.
2: Yeah. So I'm gonna bring it back real quick. When I was at the cushion house, they introduced me to a recovery high school in downtown Boston called Ostagai Recovery High School. Um, and that school was definitely the best thing that has ever happened to me in my life. Uh so when I checked back into detox I went to another program. They allowed me from that program after a certain amount of time to go back to Osteguy. It's actually the program was in Quincy on the island. To what now? Osteguy? Osteguy Recovery High School. It's in oh, downtown okay. Boston.
0: All right. Yeah.
2: Um, so they let me go back to the school and, and uh, that was where I found most of my recovery was at the school and, and through the workers there and the AA meetings around Boston. and um, so, so like what...
1: What's a day like in a recovery high school?
2: A day like in recovery high school is—I
1: mean, they have a f- quite a few of them now. Yeah, that they have. Which is five awesome. In the around state, here?
2: Five, five in the, in the state. state. Yeah, that's cool. Um, one in Boston, one in Brockton, one in Springfield, one in Worcester, one in—I'm missing one. There's another one.
0: Well, I should say it's cool. That- they have them, but it's it's not really cool that they need them, and it's too bad, right. You know, right. Yeah. it is <laughs> but, awesome I mean, that they have it's, it's them. Awesome though, for sure. Um,
2: yeah. At my regular high school, Attleboro High School, um, huge school, about four thousand kids, uh, probably about fifteen hundred a class. Um, so, my drug use and my emotional and needs, like I could not get met at that school. Right. But at Recovery High School, my class was 20 something. I had classes of five inside my classroom. It it was a regular school really, like uh like I had to do regular homework, math, English, science, history. I'd get yoga during the day some day one day a week. Yoga? Have, yeah, yeah, yoga. Yeah, see we we that did wow. they... a yoga teacher come in once a week for yeah, an hour so We do says. yoga. Um and then we had a recovery uh, group at the end of the week. Some guest speakers would come in, and like it was an awesome school. And um, I traveled Very from cool. Attleboro wow. to Boston on the train for four years until I got my diploma from that school. Wow. Yeah. On the commuter rail. On the commuter rail. So I'd get wow. up at 5.30 in the morning. I'd get on the commuter rail by 6, get into school by 7.30, get out of school at 3.30, hop right on the train, Go to my job in Mansfield, get back on the train, and then go home, and then walk home. I'd be up from about five to eleven thirty midnight. I'd do it five days a week, and wow! But it was it was what a lot. helped me, you know. And um, yeah. yeah. So through this school, um, I made a lot of connections. Um, worked very closely with the mayor and the governor and the attorney general of Massachusetts. Um, I still work with them till this day. Um, I was a guest speaker at the state house recovery day a couple times. I've spoken at multiple nice. middle schools, high schools. Um, I've done a, a you know articles and um, news interviews and like um, I've tried my best to to share my experience, strength, and hope with everybody and share my story and and get it Very out cool. there and and tell people. Um,
0: very, very cool, brother.
2: So I got sober when I was 16 years old on September 22nd, 2012, which gives me, check the time on my watch, about five and a half years sober, uh, living in recovery. Um, nice. Yeah. So I got sober at that program out on the island, um, and I'm not going to bash this program by any means, but there was absolutely no recovery in this program. On um, Long Island? Yeah, Long, Long Island, Um we went to a meeting maybe once a week.
1: Yeah, I think I know what
2: you're. You thing. know, um, we, we there was just no like recovery groups or anything like that. Um, but for some reason, it worked for me. And when I got out, and my mom gave me my last chance, literally, she was like, "If this, you don't do this, like sixteen years old, I really don't care. Like you're done. Um, you're out." Yeah. Um, wow. And I I got this this little taste of of what recovery was like, and that's what that's what helped and and that's what showed me that like or really kept me going for a while um and I got into alcoholics anonymous and I got a sponsor and I went through the steps and and uh Gosh. I did really going back like way back like you know that first time I ever did a perk 30 and it took that discomfort and out of my, you know, of myself and my own skin, like the 12 steps allowed me to figure out, like, why I felt that way and and really, like, helped me feel comfortable in my own skin and, um, like, own who I am as a person and um, really give me, like, this awakening of some sorts um, of this life. Spiritual Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, like, I'm not religious. Psychic change. Yeah, I'm not religious, but I do believe in a higher power. And, and uh, I tell you, like, these five and a half years have not been easy. Like, it's definitely not just like putting down the drugs and being like, yep, I'm all set. Um, you do that work. And, and then somebody told me that that counselor that I promised, she said, you know, you're going to get sober and you're going to start living in recovery, and um, life is still going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really understand yeah. what you said until I got yeah. into recovery. Oh yeah, um,
0: <laughs> life
2: still happens. Oh guys. yeah, sure yep. you've, had stuff, else, yeah. you've had some stuff. You've had some stuff happen. Yep. So, um, you know, uh, right now I'll give you guys like a, what I'm doing right now with my life. Um, I've done a lot of a lot of speaking, like I said, and and working. I'm on a, a project called Project Here. Um, I should say committee called Project Here. Um, really, it's a, it's like a grant, and we're giving it to middle schools um, in order to educate them about what addiction is. Um, yeah. So oh, it's, you 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 have a grant
0: from somewhere?
2: Oh, well, it's through the Attorney General. So I work with the Attorney General. It's a very grant closely. from the state. Yep. Um, and it's going to be spread out between. 326, I want to say, middle schools around the Massachusetts area. Um, wow. And it's going to pretty much provide either a person who can educate these kids um, or... Information that can educate these kids during class. It's pretty much making like health and wellness and recovery a core curriculum class. That's
0: really good. Well, I think that I think that's it's it's so obvious that that is the crux of of what's going on. And I think there's there's a lot of uh, things. Factors, you know what yeah. I mean, and education is, gonna, is a huge key. Yep. The identity piece, the education of understanding where the road leads, mm. is another one. Um, the the uh, feeling comfortable in your own skin, and it's okay not to feel comfortable and and yep. not to not to uh, you know freak out because you're already all right. Yep. And, the, and you know, at that age, you're just so. Um, you know wide-eyed and and yeah. you're just there to to see what's to do and what's going on and you know even if you you know feel like you know something you're half pretending like you know yeah. you are talking yeah. about all the oh, time yeah, yeah. you Absolutely. know what i mean and, and it's just and it's just you're so vulnerable and, and that those are the people that really need the help um there's there's some serious disconnects in this country i think especially because uh you know our culture the way it is it's it's like um you have to be this or be that yeah. or you know, or you know, you show everybody shows their best foot forward and you think that, you know, you look out at the people on, on Instagram or on uh, you know, YouTube or something like that, yeah. and you don't see reality. No. You don't no. see a full <laughs> oh person. No. Nope. And you, you you compare yourself to their best thing that they put forth. Yeah. And, and you and and you feel inadequate and how do you do how can you Feel better, and that's how you can get trapped into these, um these into doing, you know, using and and all these.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, just I mean, just just watch the news, like the that designer Kate Spade, like oh yeah, didn't have to worry about anything. Fifty five year old woman, what happened? Depressed, she hung herself. Yeah, but she had been she had been Uh, drinking for a while. Yeah, you know, and I'm just going off of what I read, but. And her family had tried getting her treatment, but she was worried what people were going to think. Yeah. Right. You know? Because she was can,
0: her public persona? Yeah. 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 yeah like,
1: man. you know, like Kate, Kate Spade. Like, they sell it everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, oh, purses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Friggin' wristlets. Everything. All that stuff. But this woman, afraid to get treatment because of what people will say about her.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, you know, hangs herself. The delusion, the delusion that that um, that comes with, uh, you know, because, I mean, obviously, you're looking for the dopamine rush, too. Yeah. Right? It's chemical. Everybody likes dopamine, yeah. you know, eating something fantastic, sex, you know, accomplishing something real. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Dopamine, that's like the, the pleasure. The reward center. The reward, yeah. pleasure, uh, chemical It goes off in your brain. And you can do that. By going down the street and giving this dude thirty bucks, you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't have to do shit. I don't have to think about nothing, and it's reliable every time. And and, uh, and that's that's the other thing you got to fight against. That's what the education I think will do for kids. You know, look out because mm-hmm. what happens is you keep going down to the kid, guy down the corner, and you're living under a bridge, and you're getting arrested. Oh, yeah. and, well, that's and and also you know what happens if if everything was legal. Right yep. there's no threat of arrest. I, I I think the threat of arrest was a big part of me getting sober because Same I didn't want to live that way. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that that was a I don't know if that's a good thing either. Yeah. And like my group used to go
1: on commitments where he was, and like I had met him when he was young over there. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, like when I when I shared in there, like I didn't pull no punches. It was like no. like some of you may not make it. You know, some of you females may end up a prostitute. Some of you guys might be living under a bridge, and yep. they're looking at me like, what, what is going on? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. No, yep. that's, that's
2: reality.
0: what happens. That's what you could know, happen when I, you. when
2: I bring my story real quick, uh, full round, I now work at that program that I intended, attended six times uh, yeah. as an <laughs> addict. <laughs> yeah, man.
0: That's <laughs> and, cool. Uh, that's so I now, cool. Yeah,
2: I, I, uh, I now work there, and right now um, – but when I first started working there and I was bringing in these commitments and uh, I'm like, don't hold back, please. Because you'd have yeah. some, some people come in and um, they'd say, you know, I, I drank and, you know, my life got really unmanageable, but, you know, I'm, I'm here and it's like, then I've had some guys come in and, and go like way over the top and it's like, okay, well, you got to find that happy medium. But yeah. we, like Chris comes in, he's like, no, like, I'm going to be dead serious with you guys, like, some of you guys are not going to make it. Some of you girls are going to be prostitutes mm. if you keep going down this path. Like, yeah. um, And really get real with them because with me, if somebody came in and was just like, oh, you're going to be all right, I'd be yeah. like, you're giving me the green light. Yeah, exactly. You're giving me the green right, light. What can yeah. I get you know? from this person? Yeah. Well, that's what I
0: always was taught. You can't coddle an addict.
1: Yep. But I mean, and... for, for these kids, it must be good for them to see Someone yeah. in their age group, right? Who's or, or done closer this, this, anyway? Yeah. yeah, who's done this and who's made it through it and is on the other side.
2: Oh yeah, you know? and even like with the age change, it's crazy. Yeah, sixteen to twenty. Some kids come in nineteen, twenty years old. I'm two years older than them, and I'm sitting there and I'm telling them when they can go to the bathroom and when yeah. they can do this or what group they're supposed to be in, and yeah. um, and they're like, "You're only two years older than me," and I'm like, "No, but I've earned the right to wear this yeah. badge." You know what I mean, like. If you want to be where I'm sitting on the other side of things, like, put the drugs down and do some work on yourself. Yeah.
1: Oh, I'd call them out for, like, writing shit in the bathroom walls. I'd be like, yep. who's a dick that is writing on the walls in the bathroom? Like, honestly? <laughs> yeah. Like, would you do that at your house? Yeah. No. These people are, like, these people are here to help you, and you guys are, like, writing crap on the
2: bathroom walls about each other? Like, Yeah. You know? so you guys have a funny story real quick. They, uh... There was a kid there, and he drew these three dicks on the bathroom stall, and I swear to God, they were like gigantic dicks. One of, them, <laughs> one of them was a tall, skinny one, and that was me. Another one was like a small, fat one, and that was another co-worker of mine, and another one was just like a solid, big, huge dick, and that was another co-worker, and it was like <laughs> how, if, how much we are a dick. To them while we're working, you know what I mean. So like, I was a skinny, small <laughs> yeah. dick. I'm but right. I mean, that's that's <laughs> you know? their level. That's yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? like nineteen years old. Someone's doing that. And it's like, how old are you really? Right. right, What are the drugs really doing? How old are you really? You're nineteen years old, but you're drawing dicks on the bathroom stall. So I'm going to put you around twelve, thirteen. Yeah, you know? right. You exactly.
0: Know? When uh, when when I when we were in the on the in the program, we me and Chris went to. It was called Project Turnabout, and uh, mm. it was a, a, a therapeutic community. So the residents who had been there for a long time would um, basically take care of discipline and problems in the house. And you yep. would call a, what was called a house meeting, get all the residents in the same room, and the senior residents would be sitting up front and they'd be reading the riot and act about this stuff. And so I remember periodically – there would always be a house meeting about people taking a shit in the bathroom and not cleaning it up properly, making a mess in the toilet, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so they, so I was on reentry, which means like I'm working and I'm not really involved in the house too much, but I sat in on this house meeting and and I couldn't help myself because I had already been to the same type of meeting like three times. Yeah. Right. (laughs) You know, with different groups of people, uh, in the house as I was there for nine months. And, uh, and so I'm like, you guys are shitting on the house. This is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you think I'm shitting you? <laughs> I have no clue Nobody what's going even on. picked up yeah. on it. Yeah. Everyone's like dead serious. I'm like no, Come dude, on. Crack a joke. I... Crack a <laughs> joke. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. uh, funny.
1: But yeah, it's it's you know, I'm I'm glad to hear that, you know, they're doing stuff cuz I mean, I I get, I got young kids, you yeah. know. And if this if this thing is genetic, then you know they're more apt to become addicts than you know yeah. someone else that in, they're in class with. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's,
2: in my path, yeah. I, uh, I had a daughter. She's fifteen months old. So yeah, you're oh, a dad wow. now. Yep, cool. I'm a dad now, twenty two years old. And uh, hey, that's not necessarily bad. No, though. it's definitely nope. not. She's a she's a blessing, guys. I will tell Fantastic. you that. You know what I mean? Um, I don't see her too often because uh, her and her mom live in Virginia. <laughs> But oh, when I kill. do, uh, she is the funniest and cutest little <laughs> beautiful funny girl in the so world. So things are going so okay with camera. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, things are. Yeah, there she is. Very cool. Things are doing all right. Very cool. Uh, working stuff out, figuring making it, out. it work, making it work. Yeah, because that can be very, very difficult. Do. Yep. Yeah. That's what you got to do. My my
0: son was uh, nine months or something like that when I got sober. He's thirteen now. Um. And uh, he's going into Votech next year. That's awesome. Nice. Well, it's a big change. You know, he doesn't have really friends in his high school now. Uh, you know, and the, now this is going to be going to a school where there's people from all over. It's going to be a big change. You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous, but I, I know his his base basis his his basic personality is good and solid. I, so. I think I That's
1: fared cool. better at Southeastern than I would have at Brockton High.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. honestly, Brockton's a special place. Yes, <laughs> yeah, Brockton's yeah. a special place. The yeah. work out of
2: Brockton definitely yeah. special. Definitely a special. place. Have you ever
1: seen the meme with um, the Lion King and Simba,
0: and it says, "And see that shadowy place? That's Brockton." We don't go there. I <laughs> <laughs> always right, said, you know, Brockton's the city of champions. Yeah. On crack. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, I was I was locked up when they had their. Uh,
1: I think it's a triple A team. They a baseball team. Yeah. Oh, All yeah. right. And they, I was like, I'm like, oh, really? They got a baseball team? What are they called? They're like, the Brockton Rocks.
0: I'm like, uh, <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. Like, really? There's enough rocks in Brockton. I don't think we need what a team. Named rocks. The rocks. What a brilliant idea.
1: Yeah. That, that was That's perfect. awesome. Uh, Oh, that is man. awesome. It was. I was like, no, well, they didn't. <laughs> Who named them? <laughs> oh my god! So, Someone not from Brockton. Yeah. yeah I <laughs> so I mean, you know, you're a, you're a power of example to a lot of young
0: kids out there. And yeah, yeah That's fantastic. You know,
1: thank like you for doing to, that. To be 22 and have five and a half years of sobriety. That's my, that's fantastic. Pretty impressive, you know. And-
2: I couldn't even believe it when I got that five year chip. It's funny because. Um, on this sounds very weird, but um, like I, I really didn't like I had so much going on. I, I like really didn't. I just was living life. Like I didn't even realize I was coming up on five years, and uh, you know, it got so close that like I didn't plan my anniversary and somebody to give me my chip and um, a friend of mine, an intern that that worked at the school, um, saying no names that you know she reached out to me and asked me to come speak at banyan treatment center Mm. so i went up to banyan and uh she presented me with my five-year chip and uh like this was one of those those girls when i first went to that school like i was very like rock solid hard with my emotions and opening up like i did not open up to anybody or anything i didn't talk about anything um
0: when you when you were still when I, using
2: no, stuff? it was early early recovery, early and I didn't recovery, really know yeah. what to do with these emotions and who to tell about or talk about or full of fear. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. And uh, she was the first person to ever break through to me, um, and the first person to get me to open up about something small, you know. But that something small turned into something big, and then uh, oh yeah, you dip your toe yeah, yeah. I was like thing like, so you what? know you're diving on yeah you know I'm like, <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm like <laughs> what? I want to see your facial expressions when you tell me that uh, or when I tell you that I did this horrible thing and when she sat there and she looked at me with a straight face like yeah I've heard like I mean I've heard worse than that like you're not scaring me right. or I'm not judging you or I right. like well let me tell you about this and this and this and this you know like uh, I just I, I wanted to tell somebody and uh, I mean later in my recovery i was telling my sponsor and i was doing that work but early early recovery um i had yeah, so much emotion that, i didn't know i had no idea i was mad i was angry i was sad I was all within hours you know what i mean yep. and uh right i didn't know what to do <clears throat> and uh the best thing for me was really just kind of laying it out like what was going on in my head as crazy or as insane it might sound telling another human being i still told it to somebody and uh that weight that gets lifted off your shoulders, oh, it is. it's oh, huge. You know what yeah. I mean?
1: If, dude, if the world could see, like, what's projected in my head, like, if, if my thoughts got projected, like, on a screen. Oh, my God. I'd probably be doing time, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, man, it's some good stuff. Uh, yeah. You know, you stay active um, no. with with uh, recovery and, and, like, I... I've met a lot of people that work in in treatment, and you know, a lot of them like use their treatment as, as their recovery, as their recovery, and it's so not the I, same thing. No, and you know? uh,
2: I've I've had a lot of people who I've worked with who um who are in recovery, and and um or I shouldn't even say people I just worked with, but people who I knew um, who worked in treatment, and and ended up, you know, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot to work in treatment and recover early recovery late recovery any recovery it's very hard to work in treatment with these addicts um and like you would think that like seeing somebody come in so sick and suffering would like turn you away from it but it doesn't and it's not that like it's like oh i want to go out there and do this again or i have another run in me it's just the emotional toll that it takes on you. Yeah, and you're not you're not paying yeah. attention to how no. you feel
1: and, and what's
0: going on. Yeah. It's an old pathway that's still there. It just yeah. hasn't been traveled down in a yep. while. The groove is still there. You know what yep. I mean? I, I, I feel that. Like yeah. I when I think back of how to how um, in the grip I was and how strong it was, I can feel that that groove, that pathway, that that just like reaction without stopping and pausing and thinking about oh, yeah. just going to use and just yeah. it's just a uh, um it's so insidious it's so uh strong it's yeah. it's
2: sneaky sneaky yeah, it and yeah uh, yeah before you even know it yeah,
0: yeah. right it's, yeah cuz it's not like uh oh, let me let me talk, think about the pros and cons here let me yeah, no. write something down and maybe yeah. I'll call a few people and talk talk myself yeah. into it and then I'll go use yeah. Yeah. no it's yeah. like use yeah yep.
2: <laughs> dopamine, going back to that dopamine. Right. Yep. You know? Just
0: go get that dopamine rush.
2: Yeah, find something else was a huge part of my recovery, too. Find that yeah, dopamine somewhere else. Uh, I think we're about
1: there. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah? yeah? Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Goes pretty it quick. Quickly, yeah, it does. Wow. It? This is a very enjoyable thing to do. Uh, hopefully, we're getting better and better at it all the time. Yep. Um, so, thank you very much. You're uh, very welcome. That was thank a great you. one. Uh, thank you for uh, just... Being so young and working in recovery the way that you do, that's so fantastic. And, yeah, and yeah. if
1: you know if there's anyone out there that's young and uh, you know they want to get in touch with Andrew, yeah. or you know need help, um, you know, message us on the on the Facebook page or
2: um, you, you can know, find whatever. me uh, at Facebook Andrew William or uh, I mean reach out to the podcast. Chris has my phone number. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you can get that going for sure yeah parents
0: like yeah. it doesn't matter anybody yep. right so it's lolterms.com that's our site lolterms.com it's uh, Life on Life's Terms podcast is the Facebook group and uh, we're on Google Play we're on iTunes podcast um, please support you know we're, we're, we're trying here yep just trying <laughs> yeah. to do our part trying to do our part alright so that's gonna be a wrap right. we went thank you
2: Thanks, guys. Thank you.
0: Peace.